breakfast. And we have a guest. We have Lane Glenn, president of Northern Essex Community College. And uh, Lane, thanks for uh, stopping in this morning. Appreciate having you here. Good morning, Wynn. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's see. The last time I saw a picture of you, you were up on, uh, I think it was, you were on top of Mount Monadnock. Uh, could have been. I've yet to get to the top of a no, lot of mountains. You were up on a, you know, some some big, tall did, mountain. Did you see the picture on Kilimanjaro? Is I did. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, my daughters and I did, as a matter of fact, climb Mount Monadnock last summer, but uh, a few weeks ago it was Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. Now, where is that? Uh, it's in Tanzania, Eastern Africa. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's quite a good stretch of the legs uh, to get to the top of that one. Oh, my God. How long did it take? Six days. Six? Did you have to uh, do like training to to do that? Um, I, I'm always in some form of training. Okay. Uh, you can't really train for the elevation. You just have to go up into it and hope for the best. It affects everybody differently. Oh, did you have uh, like air uh, oxygen tanks? No, oxygen. And I, I had climbed around in the Canadian Rockies and across the Tetons, so you know, fourteen thousand, fifteen thousand feet. But this was up near twenty. Holy cow! Air is pretty thin up there. Yeah. Do you ever, uh, uh, most people would know this guy, do you ever uh, climb mountains with John Allison, remember Farley's uh, clothier in, in Newburyport? I did not climb mountains <laughs> with him, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some and, wonderful stories there. And who was the other? Uh, Mark Wojcicki, I think. He he climbs mountains, too. He does, and he climbs some pretty spectacular ones and yeah. gets himself into uh, some interesting situations. I've heard some of those stories, too. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad you made it back. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's going to be the next site. That's That'll be the third campus for Northern Essex. Right? <laughs> In Tanzania. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I do encourage everybody, get out there and, and enjoy nature in every way you possibly can. Hey, well, uh, we've actually had some uh, stories today, and we had Linda Dean Campbell, the state representative, on talking about the uh, the uh, conference that was at Northern Essex on Friday, and and I didn't realize this, but uh, you're quite involved in that too. I, I am, as a matter of fact. So it was part of the uh, Merrimack River Voyagers, along with uh, Representative Campbell last summer, who paddled the length of the Merrimack, which was great fun and real team building experience for all of us. And you know, this this river is the heartbeat of of this valley and industry, education, the economy. Really, everything uh, for hundreds of years has centered around it, and, and we need to take care of it. So I'm, at least for now, uh, chairing the district commission that Senator DiZaglio and others have uh, put together um, to make sure we make some progress on these things. So the uh, the main thing right now is to uh, collect data? Is that what it is about uh, what's where the pollution is and how often it happens? So, so there's been a fair amount of data collected, and we do still need to do some more. Uh, so over the next few months, we're working with uh, Brown and Caldwell, a consulting firm out of Andover to pull a lot of the, those reports together, see what exists, see what else we might need to do, even as we're looking ahead this summer toward a pilot program, uh, as you reported earlier this morning, to flag when there may be some contaminants and some danger in the river. Yeah, we had, uh, I think it was uh, Diana DiZaglio, she was talking about that. Yes, uh, about she's that. got tremendous energy around this. We certainly appreciate her leadership. And, you know, it's a bipartisan uh, issue. You know, you've got uh, Republicans and Democrats up and down the river all pitching in, or as Linda Dean Campbell said earlier, all rowing in the same direction, right? <laughs> it's wonderful. It is. And, and uh, of course, you know, with uh, some of the communities actually uh, still, uh, you know, they get their drinking water out of the Merrimack River. you got to keep it clean. Yep. Nearly 600,000 people get their drinking water out of that river. Uh, so it's, right, it's vital that we ensure that it uh, is as clean as it can possibly be. So so when you uh, made the, the trip down the, the river, 
river in the kayak. Did you, where'd you get in? Where'd you start? Uh, we started at the headwaters up in Franklin, New Hampshire, where the Pemigewasset uh, and the Winnipesaukee rivers come together to form the Merrimack. So we started at the very beginning and paddled 117 miles to get to the end at Plum Island. Wow. <laughs> Four days, three nights. Um, it was quite the journey um, and just some wonderful times along the way. We got stormed off the river a couple of times. Uh, saw some amazing wildlife and and learned uh, a lot, not just about nature, but about this combined sewage overflow issue. And we had people jump in the river and join us uh, from wastewater treatment plants and people who know uh, the science behind these things and and talk to us quite a bit uh, about those issues. And then I'm I'm sure you saw some people who jumped in, you know, at you know, like halfway down and, and maybe uh, and maybe stayed with you for about half a mile. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we had some people who joined us for different stretches of the river, yeah. and that was wonderful. That yeah. was fine, and uh, and we had to keep up a pace uh, in order to get where where we needed to be in time, too. When you uh, were doing the, the Merrimack River closer to the ocean, uh, did you run into tides that were difficult? So, yes, we had to plan carefully. We, we knew the tide was turning at about 2.30 in the afternoon on the Saturday that we arrived on Plum Island, and we really needed to be at the island by the time that happened. Uh, or the tides get really, really strong. Anyone who's ever paddled out there knows what that's like. Yeah, and and that's supposedly well, not supposedly. It is one of the one of the most hazardous uh, stretches. Did you actually go out into the ocean and come around, or did you uh, uh, dock over at the uh, like uh, captain's fishing party? Captain's fishing, right? Yes, we docked over there just before just before you get out into the mouth. Uh, okay, it's, the mouth is very dangerous. Each year, as you probably know, there are fatalities out there. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough spot to be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, good luck with that. When's the next meeting? Uh, the next meeting of the River, uh, the River District Commission is actually this Thursday in Newburyport Town Hall. So we're making progress there and more to come. Okay. Now, uh, we had a story. Uh, we, actually, we have a lot of stories here about uh, Northern Essex Community College. We're talking with Lane Glenn, the uh, president. And um, one of them was the... Um, the the glass tower that's going up downtown uh, yes, and uh, i'm looking forward to that spectacular building lapoli companies uh, building the heights there uh, northern essex community college will occupy the second and third floors with a new hospitality and culinary arts institute uh, anyone who's in the restaurant industry around here knows uh, only too well uh, how difficult it can be uh, to hire the talent that they need so this uh, this will help with that certainly and we're also locating uh, the mass hire offices uh, in, in that uh, part of the building. So the college manages mass hire, uh, the employment uh, services for the region here. Uh, so that'll be a part of that building as well. And we'll be looking to create classes, not just for the students who want to become chefs, but uh, take a look at our website and you'll find some classes offered for people who want to do weekend cooking, couples cooking, wine pairing, things like that. So it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Well, that, that sounds like it's, yeah, it sounds like it will be fun. And, uh, Will there be a, a restaurant there that the uh, students will be uh, cooking up for? There will indeed. The first floor uh, will have a restaurant operated by Lapoli Companies, and the 10th floor, folks, just wait. It's a place called the Sky Bar, and it will have the best view uh, in the Merrimack Valley. We took a tour up there a couple months ago. A little chilly, uh, but uh, it's just going to be spectacular. Everyone's going to love it. Uh, now, what's the uh, timeline to, to have that building finished? Um, well, the college will move in a couple of months from now. So later this spring, okay. we'll have some classes available uh, for you know, hobbyists. And then, by the way, we'll also have some space available for uh, small businesses, right? people who do some cooking out of the house maybe and are looking for some industrial kitchen space. We'll have some of that available. 
in the fall, we'll start offering our credit classes. The building itself is going to be an ongoing project for quite a while still. There's residences going in there, and that's going to be several months uh, still ahead. Okay. So you'll have a, a commercial kitchen f for rent, uh, so people could uh, say they had barbecue sauce they wanted to uh, right. uh, bottle and stuff like that. Barbecue sauce, pastries, whatever it might be. Uh, we'll have several commercial kitchens in there, so there'll be an option for you know, local entrepreneurs, uh, as well as our, our classes that will be there. Wow, that seems to be another uh, growing uh, business as well, too, commercial kitchens. It is, right. So you see these pop up certainly around Boston, other other areas. Um, we're, at, we're doing something similar you know, in Lawrence on our campus there, where we already operate something called the Revolving Test Kitchen. It's a place where we partnered with Lapoli Companies, the Lawrence Partnership, and we give uh, one restaurateur uh, a year or so uh, of, of rent-free space and equipment uh, to launch themselves. We're working with Mass Development, have some funding to uh, renovate that space so that we can have maybe three people operating out of there, as well as some commercial kitchen space uh, in the lower level so we can have eight or nine entrepreneurs. Um, you're right, it's it's a growing growing part of the industry. How about that? Well, uh, Northern Essex, uh, they're always, you know, you're always on the cutting edge. You're always uh, trying to add classes and, and uh, courses. And of course, you, you've got the kids that come in out of high school. You have the adults that come back to, uh, I guess, retool. And, um, and then you're always retooling too, always trying to come up with uh, courses that fit into the marketplace. And uh, one of those, uh, we had a story uh, today about the, uh, about the fire academy, uh, but you don't, you're not burning things down, but you have, uh, you've got the police academy. We do. So uh, in, in Massachusetts, there is a fire academy in Stowe, a big facility where, where fire training occurs. There is not a single location for police education and training. Northern Essex launched a police academy a couple of years ago that has become one of the most popular destinations for this kind of training anywhere in the Commonwealth. We actually have 97 uh, cadets uh, in a class right now, huge uh, number. So if you're anywhere near our Haverhill campus early in the morning, you can see them running around the neighborhoods <laughs> getting their miles in. Um, and it's essential, right? So we've, we've got a, a location where uh, police are receiving their training among uh, the public, right? Oftentimes this happens at old army barracks or warehouses that are empty and, and what we offer is a space where they're with students, they're with the public, um, you know, learning uh, how to become uh, effective police officers at a time when that's a profession that needs this kind of support and needs this kind of respect more than ever um, and needs good modern police training as well and we can provide that. Well, that's right. The uh, Gosh, you know, the state police, they have their own things. They're in the barracks, right? The state police. They, they, they do indeed have their own thing. Yeah, it's military. <laughs> it's another story. <laughs> yeah, uh, quite military, like, like, like the military. But, uh, yeah, uh, every town uh, every town needs police officers, right. and, um, and they have to be trained somewhere. Now, do you have to, would somebody go there first, do the uh, training, and then apply, or do uh, uh, communities send them? Thank you for asking. Uh, Massachusetts, uh, we're, we're a bit of a throwback in, in a couple of different ways and we're working on that, right? So right now, typically a, a city or town will hire someone, put them on salary, put them into the academy. It can take months uh, and be very costly. Um, there's some legislation pending right now. Representative Paul Tucker, former Salem police chief, uh, current legislator, uh, and a number of other police chiefs were part of a a group that I chaired a couple of years ago looking at police education across the state and the legislation would require all police officers to have at least an associate's degree. Right now there's no educational requirement to be a police officer in Massachusetts. 
when this is successful, you'll find more people entering college, receiving their education and training, and then applying to become police officers. Uh, it'll save cities and towns a lot of money. It'll get us uh, an even better educated uh, police force as well, which I think we need more than ever right now. Mm. All right. Well, uh, uh, you'll be coming back, but anything in particular uh, coming up over the next couple of weeks you want folks to know about at Northern Essex? Well, we, uh, we'll begin registration for fall classes uh, just a few weeks from now. Um, you know, our, our health programs continue to boom. About a third of our students at any one time are, are enrolled in those health care programs. And one thing that we've really been focusing a lot on, because we know how important it is uh, here in the Merrimack Valley, um, is uh, immigrant education. And we know we have a lot of folks in our area who have college experience from other countries, sometimes entire degrees, sometimes pieces of those things. So we have, you know, medical professionals uh, driving Uber. Uh, we have teachers from other countries cleaning offices. We know when we can validate those credentials, those people enter the workforce, and, and we need that more than ever right now. So we've got a program called Pies Latinos de NECC, uh, where anyone can walk into our uh, admissions office uh, with credentials from another country, and we'll help validate those. We'll help put those together uh, in such a way that we can better prepare you sooner for the workforce here. We've helped more than 600 people do this already. Um, I encourage anyone who's out there who has these credentials or knows somebody who does, um, send them our way, and we will help you inexpensively and quickly. Wow. So it, it, it sounds like it's a um, you have to do a lot of research to uh, make sure the credentials are good, right? We do, and we work with an organization out of Boston called the Center for Educational Documentation. Um, but what we try to do is just make that uh, a lot smoother, easier, less expensive for the people who need to go through it. Mm-hmm. How about that? All right. Well, Lane, uh, thank you so much. You always got, you always have. Uh, over the years, I've had you on the radio, and you, you always come up with about nine things <laughs> to talk about. You're, you're that kind of interviewer, Wayne. You're just wonderful at what you do, and it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Thank you very much. Well, it's my pleasure. Nice to have you here, and we'll get you back again. Lane Glenn, president of Northern Essex Community College, our guest this morning here on The Wave 97.9 WHAV-FM. Wake up with Wynn Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV. Catch the wave. W-A-V.